The sun was crawling toward the horizon by the time Ron and Harry came down out of the sky. Both boys had been too excited about flying to come home after lunch. They'd popped into a shop in the village and eaten something completely unhealthy, then returned as quickly as possible to their brooms. It had been a great day, spent in a low-lying field far out on the other side of town, which Harry had discovered on his first morning in Stag's Den. They were sunburnt and sore, and their throats ached from hollering. Ron couldn't remember the last time he and Harry had been able to fly like that. It had literally been years since they'd spent so much time outdoors together without the fear of being discovered. It was really nice to mess around like a couple of normal blokes, Ron reflected. It was strange, maybe, and new, but he found it easy to get used to, and he hoped that Harry would as well. Do we need to stop for anything else, he asked as they passed the last shop and made their way toward the other end of town and Lupin Lodge. Harry shook his head in reply. They had already bought several bottles of butterbeer, a sack of owl treats, and so many snack items that the shop owner had stared at them. Ron hefted the grocery sack in his arms. In two hours, he'd be a working man, he thought happily. He was looking forward to cleaning up, eating something, and getting back down to the pub. But his thoughts darkened slightly as they approached the cottage, and he slowed his stride a little, letting Harry pull ahead. He wanted to take another look at that house across the road, and he didn't want Harry to see him do it. Not that he thought Malfoy was really around, Ron told himself uneasily. But whomever it was he'd seen earlier might have been Malfoy's brother, unless it had been a trick of the light. Ron strained his eyes across the lawn and shifted his gaze along the many windows of the large estate. Seeing nothing, he quickly turned back, before Harry could say anything, and followed him up the steps into Remus's house. They walked through the hall and straight to the kitchen, where Ron dropped the sack on the countertop and sighed with contented exhaustion. "'I'm parched. Butterbeer, Harry?' "'Yeah, all right.' Ron reached into the bag for two bottles, and together he and Harry went into the sunroom, where Hermione was reading in a chair. "'Hello,' she said when they came in. She kept her eyes on what she was reading, and Ron thought she sounded a little subdued. "'Did you have a nice time?' "'Yeah,' he answered, lightly tugging a bit of her hair. "'What did you do all day? Wait, no, let me guess.' Ron dropped back onto the sofa and grinned at her. You studied apparition until you couldn't stand the fun any more, and then you did a few charms just for a bit of summer relaxation, and then to top it all off, you settled down with a nice big book called Arithmancy for Life Two: More Practical Applications, she answered, still not looking up from the page. Ron sighed heavily. You know, you're a lunatic. I don't have to tell you. Hermione looked up at him, but offered no rebuttal. You look sunburnt. Ron felt his nose. I am, he replied, cracking open his butterbeer and making room for Harry to sit down. You tired or something? No. Well, what then? Hermione shut her book and folded her hands on top of it. I have to tell you something, she said quietly, and I don't want to tell you. Ron painfully gulped his mouthful of butterbeer. His only thought was that she had accepted one of her job offers and that she'd be leaving. A few days before, Hermione had mentioned something about taking an apprenticeship off on some island, and though she had seemed honestly interested in it, Ron didn't want her to go. He tried to hide his dislike for the idea, but it had been clear enough to both of them. He hoped she wasn't about to tell him that she decided to take the apprenticeship anyway. "'What's the matter?' he forced himself to say, as beside him Harry started to get up. 
"'And where are you going?' Hermione asked, raising her eyebrows at Harry. "'Well,' said Harry a bit awkwardly, "'isn't this something between the two of you?' Hermione shook her head. "'No, it affects all of us. Just, please, when I tell you, don't get upset. I couldn't stand it.' She looked at Ron imploringly. "'Don't get upset,' she repeated. Certain now that she was about to announce her departure, Ron gritted his teeth and nodded. "'Go ahead. You can tell us,' he said, his voice low. He gripped his butterbeer and waited for it. Hermione drew breath and looked at her hands. "'I saw Draco Malfoy today. Apparently he's staying across the street in that big house.' Ron sat up, stunned. "'What?' he asked, turning to Harry in disbelief. Harry was pale. "'You were right,' he muttered to Ron. "'You knew it. You saw him.' "'You saw him, too?' Hermione asked immediately, leaning forward. I thought I did, but I figured I was just seeing things. I must have been seeing things. Hermione, are you sure you saw him? Yes. Her answer was so swift that Ron felt certain they must have spoken. The mere idea of Malfoy speaking to Hermione made him want to curse something. Don't tell me he came near you, or I'll... Don't! Hermione's eyes opened wide in alarm. Don't get upset. Oh, please. This is why I didn't want to tell you. Hermione looked anxiously at Harry and then back at Ron. He didn't say a thing to me. He didn't come near me. I only saw him from the road. Jeannie and I were going to come up and watch you fly for a while. While I was waiting for her outside, I looked up at that house and Malfoy was there on the top balcony. Does Sirius know he's there? Ron asked, his voice low. Hermione shook her head. Sirius hasn't come home all day. Well, who lives in that house? I don't know. Didn't you ask Remus? I couldn't. He went out to Wales right after you left. Sirius thinks he's found a place for the new prison, and he wanted Remus's opinion. It was just Ginny and me. Ron felt the hair raise on the back of his neck at the thought of Hermione and Ginny by themselves, with Malfoy across the way. Draco might have been an idiot and a coward, but that had never meant he wasn't dangerous. Did you just spot him and come back in, or did he see you too? Hermione inhaled, a little shakily. He saw me. I think we must have stared at each other for a full minute, and then he finally went inside. She continued in a whisper. It was so strange. He was the last person I expected. It was so out of context. And I think he was as surprised to see me as I was to see him. I kept waiting for him to pull his wand, and I was ready to pull mine. I still felt like I ought to arm myself. It reminded me of everything. She sniffed, barely, and for the first time that evening, Ron noticed that there were light puffy rings under Hermione's eyes, as though she might have been crying. Every muscle in Ron's body clenched on edge. His impulse was to cross the street now, pull his own wand, and have it done with. Malfoy was just like his father, and his father had caused more destruction against the Weasley and Granger families than any of Voldemort's other supporters. Lucius Malfoy had climbed as high as Pettigrew in the ranks of the Dark Army, and his son had as good as announced his intention to follow in his footsteps. In Ron's opinion, that was too close to being a Death Eater. And if Draco Malfoy wasn't dead, then at least he ought to be locked up in Azkaban. But just as he was about to say something to this effect, Hermione seemed to sense it. She shook her head and reached out to stop him, so beseechingly that Ron bit back his anger. 
Wanting to comfort her as much as he could, he pushed off of the sofa and crouched before Hermione's chair, taking her hand in his. "'Are you okay?' he asked, putting his other hand on her knee. She nodded. "'Of course I am. It's only Malfoy. We went to school with him for how long?' She gave a hollow little laugh, and he came off worse than we did in the end. Ron shook his head, not wanting to say too much. "'But your parents,' he managed. "'No.' Hermione put a hand on Ron's shoulder and shook her head firmly. His father did that. It wasn't Draco. And his father is dead. At least I haven't definitely lost my parents. Who knows? There might be a way, some day. Hermione trailed off and sank back in her chair, looking over Ron's shoulder to smile briefly at Harry. Now, you both have to promise me that there isn't going to be any of your schoolboy fighting. I don't want you going out and giving each other boils or fur. She tried to laugh. Ron looked around at Harry, who had remained silent throughout their exchange. He was ashen. Of all the places he could have ended up, was all that Harry said. And then, looking very weary, he rose and left the room, leaving his butterbeer on the table behind him. Ron watched him go, and Hermione sighed unhappily. For Harry's sake, she said softly. I wish things would stop happening. Just when he makes a decision to do something healthy with his life. It's unfair. Jenny was so upset when I told her whom I'd seen. Ron lifted his eyebrows. Jenny knows? Why wouldn't she? Ron shrugged. Jenny had been involved for a long time in their circle of friendship and in all their troubles. Ron just tended to forget it, sometimes. In his mind, much as he loved his sister, he was accustomed to thinking of it as just the three of them. You said she was upset? Only because it might be hard for Harry. She cares for him so much. Unsure of what to say about that, Ron ignored it. What about you? What about me? Are you sure you're all right? Hermione nodded. I'm fine. I'm fine. She smiled unconvincingly. You really are sunburnt. You ought to use the sunscreen. It's not just for the lake, you know. She reached out a finger and traced it across his cheek. Ron shut his eyes, enjoying the sensation of Hermione's fingertip drawing the lines of his face. No point in using that unless you're there to help put it on me. Hermione did laugh a little at that. You're awful. You like me awful. Ron opened his eyes. Hermione looked at him for a moment, then leaned down and kissed him softly. Good night, Ron, she said, her voice still subdued and quiet. You're going to bed? Hold on, it's not even six. I know, I'm just tired. Hermione got up, touched his hair, and went out of the room. Knowing that her sudden fatigue was entirely due to the fact she'd spotted Malfoy, Ron had another impulse to cross the street and retaliate. But he wouldn't use his wand. He just wanted to land one square punch and hear one good crack. He swigged the rest of his butterbeer in silence, exhaled loudly, and got up meaning to have a quick shower and then take a long, slow walk to work, right past that big house. Ron showered. He changed clothes in his dark bedroom, where Harry lay on his bed facing the wall with the shades down, pretending to be asleep. He went past Hermione's door and called out a good night, but she didn't answer. And then, remembering that none of them had put away the things they had brought home from the village, he returned quickly to the kitchen to do so before going to work. Hey, Jenny. His sister was in the kitchen, sitting on the counter and eating a sandwich. She tilted her head to the side and appraised him. You're all clean. Where are you going? Work. 
"'When am I not clean?' he said, lining the butter beers up along the countertop and beginning to unload several packets of cauldron cakes, pumpkin pasties, and effigies unbeatable crisps. "'You literally can't eat just one. Go on and try!' Ginny laughed at the last item. "'Fred and George are so weird,' she muttered. "'I don't know why you brought those. They'd have sent you a box free.' Plus, you really can't stop eating them, you know. It's just not right what those two do to food. She pointed at the growing pile of sweets and snack food. And is that what you call dinner? So, Ron tore into a pasty and tossed the rest of his purchases pell-mell into a cabinet. You're seriously turning into mum. Get off the counter. Ginny laughed and remained where she was. I had a letter from mum today, actually. She says... She cleared her throat and imitated their mother with incredible precision. Charlie and Bill come home for dinner with your father every few nights now, and Ron certainly ought to do the same once he's passed his apparition tests. Ron groaned. In her dreams, he grumbled, though Hermione'd like it. Come on, move on. I've got to put these owl treats behind you. Ginny shifted slightly. Hey, do you want company going to the pub? First night on the job and all? I'll walk you down. Yeah, sure, that'd be... Ron stopped. He'd forgotten that Malfoy was across the road. He didn't want Ginny coming back by herself late at night. Damn it, he muttered. What's wrong? You can't come with me. Ginny lifted her chin slightly. Oh, why not? But she knew why. The expression on her face told Ron she was well aware of his reasoning. It's not safe, he said shortly, stuffing the owl treats into the cabinet and crossing his arms. Don't tell me it's because of Malfoy. Ginny rolled her eyes. Please, I could take him. She jumped lightly from the counter, pulled her wand, and assumed a position of mock attack. Ron didn't find this at all amusing. Listen, until we find out what he's doing here and why he's spending his summer right across from ours, I don't want you... What, going outside? Walking around? Having fun? Ginny breezed past Ron as she spoke. I can take care of myself, thanks very much. I've had plenty of practice, and I'm excellent with hexes. Ginny, we're talking about dark magic here. Hexes are hardly... You think I don't know what we're talking about? She stopped in the door and let out a breath of disgust. Honestly, Ron, I was in that war the same as you. Get that in your head. She tossed her ponytail. And I'm walking you down to the village, whether you like it or not, because we need to have a talk about Hermione. With that, she pivoted walked down the hall, and went out the front door. Ron caught up with her in the road, and together they began walking toward the pub. I'm not having a talk with you about Hermione. But Ginny wasn't listening. She had turned her face up to the house across the street, and was watching it curiously. When Hermione came upstairs, she said that you had already seen him today. She mused. Did you? What, Malfoy? Yeah, I did. Through that window. He pointed to it, but it was empty now, and so was the deck. He shifted his attention back to Ginny. Hermione talked to you when she went upstairs. Was she okay? Is she all right? Oh, so you do want to talk about her now? Ron fell silent, chagrined. The thing is, Ginny continued once they'd passed the house without incident, it really doesn't make a difference whether Malfoy is here or not. What? How can you say that? Well, why are you so upset about him being here? Because it's bothering Hermione. Why is it bothering Hermione? Ron threw up his hands. If Ginny had been there for everything, she certainly seemed to be forgetting a lot of the details. Because his foul father as good as killed her parents. Ginny, seriously, 
Any one of us has a right to go over there and kick Malfoy's... No, Ron, that's not true. You blame Malfoy for what happened to her parents. Hermione doesn't. Hermione's upset because she's worried that you're going to hurt Malfoy and get arrested. She cried all afternoon. She was so afraid to tell you that she'd seen him because she knew you'd do something rash and get taken away. She said she could stand anything except for that. A hush fell between them, and Ron didn't answer for a moment. She said that? He finally asked quietly. He felt a sudden, strong determination never again to fight with Draco Malfoy for any reason. Ginny nodded. She did. And I shouldn't tell you, but you need to hear it. Ron scowled a little. Even if Ginny was right, it was still obnoxious to hear advice on his love life from his little sister, and she clearly wasn't finished dispensing it. Here's what I think, she continued. If you promise her that you'll ignore Malfoy, then she won't care at all that he's across the street, because she won't be worried about you going after him. And if Hermione isn't bothered, then you probably won't be either. Ron glanced sideways at Ginny. Every once in a while, he didn't have an answer for the thing she came up with. But what about you? he asked slowly. Aren't you upset that Malfoy's butting in on our summer? I just wish that Harry could have a little peace, Ginny answered, giving up a tiny sigh that didn't escape Ron's notice. But no, I could care less what Draco Malfoy does. I feel sorry for that whole family. Pretty sad lot, aren't they? Ron snorted. Except for Lucius. No, especially Lucius. Ron turned to Jenny again, incredulous. You can't seriously feel sorry for that bastard. Why can't I? A thousand answers flooded Ron's mind. Lucius Malfoy had given Jenny the diary that had possessed her and petrified Hermione. Lucius Malfoy had stood by and watched while Voldemort had inflicted terrible pain on Harry and tried to take his life. He had been involved in Ron's own kidnapping in their seventh year. He had tortured Hermione's parents and helped kill Hagrid, to say nothing of Percy. And not even three weeks ago, at the very end of it, Lucius Malfoy had attempted murder on their own father. There was nothing pitiable about a man who could do all that. He nearly killed Dad, was as much as Ron could bring himself to say. Ginny nodded. I know it. But his curse came back on him, didn't it? Right out of the back end of his wand. She shivered. He killed himself right in front of his own son. He deserved it. I know. That's why it's so sad. They were quiet again, lost in their separate thoughts for a while, until they came into the village itself and headed for the pub. Nervous? Ginny asked, elbowing Ron a little. He feigned an injured look. Me? Nervous? Hell no. How hard can it be, anyway? I take a bottle, I empty it into a glass. There's probably a bit more to it than that. Nah, I'm not worried. He shrugged and came to a stop. They were outside the wooden door of the Snout's Fair, standing under a sign that depicted a handsome profile of a man with a tankard raised to his lips. Wish Hermione hadn't been so tired, Ron said with a sigh, watching the sign swing in the summer breeze. She was going to come down here with me. A moment later, Ron felt Ginny tuck her arm into his. Want me to stay a bit instead and watch you screw it up? She asked, smiling. I'll test your drinks if you'd like. Ron didn't mind the idea at all. Stay the whole shift, he offered. All right. Anyway, I wouldn't want you walking home past the big scary Malfoy house all by yourself. Ron couldn't help 
a laugh at that. Watch it, or you'll be walking back with jelly legs. You dare, and I'll turn your shirt into a spider. Ron tickled her. Ginny pulled her wand. A small scuffle ensued outside the door of the snout's fair, but no real damage was done, and no spiders appeared. In fact, neither of them was able to do anything much except laugh, and at the end of it, Ron felt much better. He smoothed his hair quickly before pulling open the door. Reporting for work, he said, grinning and feeling glad for some reason that Ginny would be there to see it. He looked through the door and saw Goldie standing behind the bar. The older man waved at him in welcome, and Ron was pleased to note that he already felt right at home. He turned to Ginny. After you, he said grandly, and motioned her into the pub. 